Good afternoon. My name is Stephen Capaldo, and uh, I'm doing another uh, episode of uh, my podcast, Wheelbarrow Man, uh, from Capaldo with Love. This is episode number 38. We finally figured out. We finally got all the uh, episodes squared away, and this will be number 38. And I just wanted to say before I start that I found out that I was not uh, publicly uh, posted on uh, Facebook uh, after uh, doing the, doing my anchor podcast. I, I was only uh, being posted to a specific friend, namely Betsy, who then shared me, but it was not being publicly shared. So I think for that reason, a lot of people didn't hear the the preceding uh, 37 episodes that were done through the 8th of September 2020. But now all of that has been posted publicly. All of those episodes are posted publicly. You just have to click onto one uh, posting on my timeline and you have access to all of those 37 via Facebook. Starting with episode 26, you also have a YouTube uh, a version of, of the podcast. But okay, so we've worked our way up now, starting, I guess we did in March. Uh, we've worked our way up now on the uh, 10th of September. We worked our way, our way up to episode 38, which has come, uh, let us reason together. It's the verse from uh, Isaiah 1, I believe, verse 18. Come, let us reason together. And really what I'll be uh, trying to show is that uh, uh, how how God invites us to use our reason and to use our brain, the, how the renewed mind helps us, you know, in dealing with a lot of life's uh, issues, a lot of everyday issues. And uh, uh, people don't realize, people uh, d- don't really get somehow that that's, that's really the true, um, uh, that, that's... You know, to have a relationship with God and, you know, knowing that the kingdom of God is within and, you know, growing in that way, uh, really uh, you, what you have to do is you have to renew the mind. You have to renew it from the scripture itself, the word of God, from truth, uh, and then uh, just apply that to everyday things. But it's 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 how you think that really is the, uh, is, it's the key to your spiritual growth, um, so I'd just like to go over a few uh, examples of, of everyday things that we deal with and uh, how, you know, we could be using our reason, just the way we think, uh, to deal with these things according to the truth of the Word of God. Um, so some things that we could think about, for example, are, uh, you know, what is God's plan for us? Okay, so we're created in his image, and what, what does he want us to do? He wants us to come, come to the truth. He wants, us to, to, he wants us to walk in righteousness. He wants us to come back to the Father. The way he's given us is through the Son. Um, and really, he's put, the, he, he's, we're made in his divine image. So we just have to realize that through, uh, through Jesus Christ, and it's all related, Jesus Christ, the cross, Love. I mean, it's all it's all related. Uh, believing in that is knowing that you know we are made in the divine image and we are a child of God. Um, and you know, we we call him Jesus Christ in English. Of course, if you're from some other language or tradition or background, you know there's a different name. But I mean, the Jesus Christ. Um, Really, what it means is the the power of God within saves, right? The power of God within you saves. So you know that through faith in Jesus Christ through the cross, you know, you pick up the cross, you know, he went to the cross, you know, he, he picked up his cross and, and that's, that's a very powerful symbol. I mean, it's really two, there were two crosses here. There's the cross that he picked up during his life. He laid down his life and rose to new life 
in, in his lifetime, before he actually died, and then he went to the cross physically, and he died and rose. So uh, th this, is, this is the thing about Scripture, is that there are two ways to, uh, to understand it, two levels on which to understand it. And I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people who identify themselves as Christians, they miss out on a lot because they only access one of the ways of, of understanding Scripture. You can understand Scripture in a way that's very literal, historic, scientific, you know, very factual, very left brain, if I could put it that way. Uh, and people understand uh, Scripture that way. So it's a shallow understanding. They can go to a certain point, but then they can't go deeper. If you really want to understand the true teachings of Jesus Christ, then you have to start thinking more metaphorically, more symbolically, parables. We know Jesus taught in parables. Allegories, which is an extended metaphor. Symbols, and and then and that's how you really get to your spiritual growth, when your mind is renewed in this way, that you can go deeper to rise higher in spiritual growth. That's really the point. If you want to stay on the one level on the surface, you can do that. But I would say that you're, you're missing a, a lot. You won't grow as much as if you really take, take the risk of digging deeper and, and, you know, finding out, you know, symbolically, metaphorically, what a lot of these things mean. And, you know, even just starting with, okay, Jesus Christ, you know, historically, I believe he lived and died and rose for us. But there's a deeper level to under, understand him, right? Uh, there's uh, that that he picked up his cross daily, and that's what we're told to do: pick up the cross daily. We lay down our lives for other people daily, so we can rise to new life, so we can grow spiritually, right? So, so anyway, that's a little bit on that topic. And then one that people are wondering about nowadays is: well, what, you know, what should my viewpoint be of the government or nationalism or civic duty or patriotism or they're all different words. Uh, and a lot of people in traditional Christianity that make much to, much ado about uh, Romans 13. Because if you just read it literally, it's it says respect the authorities, right? Pay your taxes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not speaking against any of that. I, I think authority should be respected. But do we obey evil authority? I think that's something you have to go a little bit deeper and figure out who is really your government. Is it someone you elected? And, and that's at one level. Or is it really Christ? Is it really God? You know, who is really your government? And that's, that's, the, one that, uh, that's the one that you should follow. Uh, and as far as, you know, nationalism and civic duty and patriotism is concerned, uh, I think eventually... You know, when we get really down to the really the the end, really the new, the new heaven and new earth. You know, the the end, whenever the end is, I think eventually there won't be such thing as borders. That's just my my own personal opinion: is that we won't have to contend with all of this. That people will be able to go where they want, when they want, and we won't have to confront this. But you know, in the for the time being, I can certainly understand that uh, having a system of lawful entry into a country. It's it's a reasonable thing to do in the circumstances that we have. Eventually, I think we will have different circumstances and we will have no borders. But for the time being, uh, this is this is the way it is. So, anyway, just use your reasoning that your God-given reasoning. Use what you know about truth. Uh, use what you know about righteousness. I mean, this is what God is calling us to do: is to is to use our minds to walk in righteousness. Uh, how do you love? How do you live? How do you act? Um, you know, how do you treat other people? Just, it's just how do you how do you behave? I mean, what are you trying to accomplish with life, and how do you interact with other people? Uh, all of this is part of using your mind to reason according to the truth that is available to you as a child of God. Right. Um,
And there are some other things too. And what what about what about our attitude towards money? I mean, what what sh viewpoint should we have about money, and taxation, and interest, and debt, and all of that stuff? Well, I think in the in the meantime, we have one system. I think I think there are going to be some changes eventually, uh, but for, you know, for the meantime, we have uh, a system that is very much based on money. I think that if you put too much. Uh, uh, too much importance on money, uh, you you run into trouble. I mean, it can it can actually ruin your life. I mean, and, and you could have millions of dollars, and it could, and that money could ruin your life. And you know, people will come along and say, "Well, there's no problem that enough money couldn't fix." But again, that's a very superficial level of thinking. On one level, that's true that if you had enough money, you could solve every earthly problem, every worldly problem, every problem of Babylon. But you could not solve. Your spiritual problems. You could not solve your relationship with God based on money. It just it would not be possible. And what about taxation? Uh, people people are feeling like they're overtaxed, or people don't even make enough money to pay taxes, or the, this type of thing. Taxation and interest and debt. I think that hi that history will show very soon, if people have not understood it yet, that this whole the, the whole uh, economy that the world has functioned on, and especially the Western countries for now, you know several hundred years, uh, it's, a, it's a false economy, it's a false system, it's based on money that doesn't exist and uh, debt and interest that should not have to be paid. Uh, eventually that too, just like the issue of borders, that too will be taken care of. Eventually, not in our lifetimes necessarily, I'm not saying that, it may, it may take generations, but eventually we're looking at uh, not so much money, it's just that people will share what they have and the more you share, the more you re receive. Wasn't there someone who said it's more blessed to give than to receive? I think I remember someone said that once. And this will be the way it will be eventually. Now, when that's going to be, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think in the scale of things, or the, you know, the grand scale of creation and this sort of thing, I think eventually that's what it will be. Now, what should our... Now, what should we be thinking about things like war and murder and death penalty? And I'm going to throw in a, a one that you might not expect. Our, our, our view of animals or our relationship with animals, you know, and other, uh, other living creatures that are not human. Um, well, War, I think people read the Bible on one level and they say, well, it's nonstop war and God always sent Israel in to kill somebody or, you know, God allowed somebody to kill Israel or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's always, you can look at it, if you look at it on the superficial level, on the shallow level, it's always about war. Well, yeah, it is in a way about war, but it is, you know, if you put that, if you put that into a spiritual context, the, these are, you know, the issue is apostasy and idolatry, and Israel was guilty of a lot of apostasy and idolatry. Um, the, the Hebrew Israelites, uh, and I think Jewish is another term, and we can get into that in another message, but the Hebrew Israelites, Hebrew who crossed over from no God to believing in God, and Israelites... The, the people who did, you have the 12 tribes and the 12 tribes, if you want to look at that, uh, you know, they are physically 12 tribes. You could also look at them as having different characteristics that are part of the life uh, struggles that we face, just like you could view the seven churches that way, that each church has a kind of a different profile of what's what you find in the ecclesia, right? You could do the same thing for the 12 tribes and come up with that type of, uh, that type of comparison. But should we wage war? I, I would say that really... Uh, 
the answer is we should not be we should not be fighting wars. I mean, that's really that's you know, and eventually that will cease. Should we murder? Well, murder, kill, self defense. I mean, I, I you know people have this argument, but I mean, ideally, thou shalt not murder, right? And and murder really, I mean, you can you can uh, you can do the Bible lawyering all you want about murder and killing and self defense, and one's different from the other. But basically, God doesn't want us. Uh, engaged in wars. He doesn't want us to be engaged in idolatry, which Israel was in the Old Testament. And murder and killing and, you know, any kind of taking another life is really not, not really what, uh, you know, what God has planned for us in his, in, in his, uh, in his creation, in his truth, and in his, in his divine righteousness. Um, the death penalty that that would be included in that that that's uh, and, and you know someday that that situation will not exist anymore for the time being you know people have uh, voted for certain things and if people vote for the death penalty then there is the death penalty but it doesn't mean that this is really god's plan for humanity that there should be war and murder and death penalty now the other interesting one which is more subtle and i think it affects the majority of us is what about animals you know i, I think you know, there's always this thing of should we use animal products and eat animals? You know, and and then people will use, you know, Christians will come along and use certain scriptures and say that, uh, you know, absolutely we should not, or absolutely we should because we have dominion. And I don't know. Is there one answer for that? I think that people have different, uh, not only have different viewpoints, but have different bodies. Not everybody's body is the same. Um, I think. At a minimum, we could at least be honest and admit that when we eat animals, the animals have to be killed. So, you know, at least we could admit that that, that we're doing that. Uh, now, you could have your own, you could raise your own animals and then let them die a natural death. And then if you want to eat them after that or use their products in some way, you could do that. But there, there aren't too many people that do that. So I think that's one thing that we... we uh, you know, we should kind of reason through to have some kind of a consistent viewpoint. If we're going to use animal products and eat animals, okay, yeah. So, okay, at this stage, this is what we're doing. We kill animals. Uh, or you don't have to. You can say, I don't want to use animal products or I don't want to eat meat. But, I mean, just have a consistent but non-judgmental. There are a lot of judgmental people, too. You know, that you know the, the, minute, the minute they find out that you're not a vegetarian or a vegan, uh, you know, that you're judged. And that shouldn't be the case either, because uh, it, it's we are allowed to have different viewpoints, and people have different uh, bodies. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do think that a plant-based diet is generally more healthy, but you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, people people have different uh, needs. Uh, you know, so they so they might have a little meat. You know, I, I don't think that my, my own personal viewpoint is eating big slabs of meat consistently is not a very good thing to do, but in soups and stews, you know, it's, 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 it's not such an exposure. So you have those two issues when you deal with animals is the treatment of them, and then is it healthy? Well, a lot of concentrated meat is not healthy, but, you know, it could be eaten in a way that it's not unhealthy. It's, you know, it does provide you something. Uh, but then, then we get back to the issue of the treatment of animals. So I think everybody has to do their own reasoning, you know, let us reason together, and you, you just have to come up with your own viewpoints on, on a subject like that. Um, another one is toxic people. What do you do with about toxic people? Well, the scripture, if you really want to go by scripture, it's very clear, and we don't do what we're supposed to do uh, because we're too sentimental and too emotional, and you know, or we are afraid. 
you know, of something. But uh, that one, I think, to me, is uh, as far as the word of God is concerned and reasoning through, come let us reason together, I think of getting rid of toxic people who, who, make, who make you feel like less than who you are as a child of God. Out. Go. And when you can come back and behave like a human being, then, you know, then maybe we have something to talk about. But most people won't do that because they're just emotional, sentimental, whatever it is, different things. They're afraid they're going to lose their job, whatever. Um, let me see. Another one is, how about Israel? Israel, that's one that people love to fight about. Uh, true Israel and false Israel, and this thing about Israel versus the church. Um, and some people are, you know, there's something called replacement theology that people use to divide people. Um, but really, that the issue is not replacement theology. The, 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 the issue is that there are the children of God. There are true children of God. There are false children of God. There are the true children of God, and that's true Israel. It would make more sense to say there's no such thing as church because the translation of ecclesia as church is not a good translation to begin with. So it would make much more sense, instead of saying that there's only the church and God is done with Israel, no, it really is more the other way around if you want to use this type of scriptural analysis, scriptural comparison. It's more that we have the body of Israel, doesn't matter whether or not you're Jewish, the body of Israel, the true children of God, and then there's a false Israel, the ones who are not the true children of God, and there, there too, it doesn't matter whether they're Jewish or not Jewish. Um, so that's really the issue, and I think we spend too much time being distracted by Zionism, which, by the way, most Zionists are evangelical Christians anyway. They're not Jewish. I mean, a lot of them are Jewish, but there's many more evangelical Christians that are Zionists. Uh, you know, we spend too much time being distracted by what are the Jews doing, what are they up to, and we spend too much time focusing on 1948 State of Israel, which is just a temporary physical concoction, right? I mean, it's it's just a distraction. The Holy Land, yes, the, children, the true children of God, they will inherit the Holy Land. Read it on the physical level, and you have your answer. Whatever the Holy Land is, physically, geographically, the holy, the, you know, the true children of God will inherit it. Uh, read it a different way. The Holy Land can also be up here. How do you think about God? Do you have truth? Do you walk in righteousness? You know, have you made your own brain, your own mind? Have you made it in your own life? Have you made it a Holy Land? Right. I mean, that's another way of viewing it. So there's sometimes there's more than one way of viewing these things. Um, and, okay, you can go into a lot from there. I'm not going to take the time to do that, to go into the history of Jewish people, etc. Um, the only other thing I'll touch on is that if things change, I don't know how things are going to change, but somehow I think we all know things are going to change. You know, that ne this year has been very different from any other year, and next year will be different again. So what kind of vision do you have? If, if you ever reach the situation where... People were generally, they were stable financially. They had, they had enough. They didn't have to sort of get on this treadmill and work all the time and worry about where the next meal is coming from and the, where, where they really could contribute what they have to contribute to society and then be blessed by other people. More blessed to give than to receive. But if you share enough, people will give. If, if we ever had a situation like that, what do you have to contribute? What would you like to contribute? I, I think people should even start to think about that. You know, what type of, uh, you know, in, in traditional Christian theology, we refer to ministries. And, you know, you can use, there's nothing wrong with that word. You can use that word. It's a good word. But 
really what how do you how do you want to help other people you know what do you have you have your you have your god-given abilities you have maybe some skills that you you acquired you know, yourself along the way so uh, how would you like to do that as part of a community i think that's something that people should reason through uh in uh, you know using their mind of christ and their renewed mind uh, and using their god-given reason so anyway these are just some of the things there are many more things but if you think about the daily issues that you that you uh, face uh, how can you reason through them based on the word of truth uh, using uh, what what God has given you, the God given abilities that uh, you know to to think and to reason, and the you know that that part of the brain that is really the, the creative part of the brain, not just the lo the logic, you know, the human logic part of the brain, but using your entire brain. Uh, these these are things that really are very important, and I think it's the essence. If you really wanted to. Define if you really could define a Christian as being something, you know, something other than a fake and a fraud, which most most of us have been. Um, it's it's the it's the one who really reasons according to the truth and righteousness of the Almighty Creator. I mean, that's uh, you know, in in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ within, the power of God within is the power that saves, and the believing in that is believing in the cross and picking up the cross, and it's all it's all related. So the um, anyway, I'm going to stop there and leave you with that, and I'll do these prayers, and we'll end the broadcast. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body, armor, and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes, and see the wicked paid back. For you have made the Lord your dwelling, who is my refuge, even the Most High, who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you, to guard you in all your ways." For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, says the Lord God, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him, and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, <clears throat> I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk again soon. Bye for now.